0: welcome everybody i'm jared he's dj and this is number one bullshit so the car was originally gonna have like four more fights i think or two more fights with the road to the ufc if they had that yeah four more fights so like they still haven't announced when they're gonna have the finals for the road to the ufc oh yeah so yeah that would suck if you're one of those guys right like you're all prepped ready to fight <laughs> china and then it just doesn't happen yeah like dude when we can get my shot man yeah uh, and the it makes sense of why and i know you're not a huge fan of his but why john gooden was on the call um good in not good men good <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it makes sense of why he was on the call because him and Senko do the um, the road to the UFC stuff when okay, they're doing yeah. over in Singapore. Because it, like, doesn't make a lot of sense bringing British dude over to, yeah, to do what, it. That's
1: what I found bizarre. But no, that that makes perfect sense
0: then. Yeah. Who the uh, for probably first time in a long time not going to talk about main event right away because it was the co-main <laughs> that was. Fucking
1: insane. What was insane about it? We just saw some dance moves. We just saw a little well, stinky leg going on. Yeah,
0: yeah. saw a stanky leg. I mean, Roundtree is a terrifying <laughs> human. He also had the kind of cool, like, <laughs> hands on his hips doing a <laughs> little kind of like weird deal, as, you know, right before the uh, the fight as they were announcing him. But he's... He's terrifying. I mean, everything he was hitting him with, it looked like it was hurting him at calf kicks, which we thought was going to be an issue, not an issue at all yep. because of the opposite stances and Roundtree was not switching stance to attack the calf actually threw a lot fewer kicks than what I was expecting. And, and let's not forget, he wobbled him twice. It's just the second one.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, like I've, I've honestly, I don't know. I can't think of. The last time I remember seeing someone like that out of control of their body, right? Like, obviously it's happened. You know, um, I think Johnny Walker was one of them. Johnny Walker, yeah. yeah. But it's just, it was just like once he got him, it was like this fucking sporadic. And then Roundtree just being the type of guy is like, I'm just gonna hold my fist up, and like if I have to hammer fist, I will, but I don't yeah. really want to. And he didn't need the, to.
0: No, yeah. and his explanation was really interesting. He was saying he wasn't. It wasn't about like not doing damage or waiting for the wrath. It was, he was just kind of waiting to see if Anthony Smith was going to try to get back up. Oh, interesting. So he, yeah. Cause he didn't want to like follow him to the ground. So he was like, as he was rolling, I was waiting to, for the opening. If he tried, you know, if he tried to continue to fight, well, he that, was going to catch it. That shows how smart he is then. Because I thought it was like, he didn't want to hurt him
1: anymore. That's just, it was my thinking, right? Like I'm yeah. already hurt. I don't want to hit him again. To not want to get into his guard
0: smart. Eh, it makes him even yeah. like more dangerous. And Anthony Smith looked different though. Yeah. I you agree. know, like he and I get it was short notice a few weeks, but looked thicker. Like even like he looked softer, which I I get, you're not going to be as muscled up not being in camp the whole time, but like his legs looked bigger, just like everything about him looked bigger. He his looked stomach massive. looked massive. Like he was yeah. kind of hanging over his uh shorts. Mhm. Yeah. He looked massive yeah. compared to to Khalil Roundtree and I was it all because of his size and it being in the apex with the smaller cage and he was just walking him down from jump street he just had a very big presence it felt like uh in the cage but god that the finishing sequence i mean uppercut to hook bam bam you know the i was i was a little kind of wondering what was going on though round two because the, he was firing the body kicks. He was doing all that early and then basically abandoned uh round 3 I'm talking about abandoned his kicking game in round two. And then round three kind of brought it back a little bit. You think that's uh, some of the pressure that, I mean,
1: Smith was just trotting along going forward, you know, like, and he mm-hmm. felt like how you say the cage is smaller, but he felt big in the cage. Yeah. So I don't know if that's maybe some of it, but it's, it's not like Anthony Smith wasn't having any success. It's just, Mm -hmm. and I honestly thought the uppercut is what wobbled him. I think it was the left that really lost his yeah. Because I didn't, uh, live, I didn't see the left connect. And then on the replay, I'm like, oh, maybe that's what got him. But beautiful. I mean, what a beautiful combo. Just, and we don't got to keep saying this every time Roundtree fights, but we will. He just, he's dangerous. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Just dangerous, dude. He's a violent human, right? Like, and it's, everything is impactful, yeah, it, it it was really impressive his I was really impressed with the clinch work. You know, he talks about how much he loves Muay Thai, living in Thailand for a while and all that, but his ability the second Anthony Smith tried to tie him up for him to plant Smith against the cage, get the top of his head under his chin. Um he it looked like he was struggling a little bit to get out of the clinch, you know, to to free himself a little bit, but it was I mean, just really, really impressive. Now he calls out Pajeda. Yeah, you man. you ain't there yet. No. The Now, Jan Blahovich has pulled out of his fight against Prakic in Canada 297. Now, I, that is a January turnaround, so it would be pretty quick for Roundtree. But that would be a good one. It's not every day you get an opportunity to fight a top five guy, you know, so that that would be really big, a good opportunity. I think for him and if not that, Nikita Krylov. Yep. I think would also be be a good fight cuz as good of a win as this was for him, ultimately I think Azamat Merzkanov was probably more dangerous of a fight than Anthony Smith yeah. would have been. And so you get this win against a top 10 guy, you're going to be in the top 10, but then when you look at who's ahead of him, Johnny Walker and Ankalaev are already booked. You know, it was supposed to be Rakic and Jan. So now Rakic doesn't have a fight. Jan is out with an injury. You know, who knows what's happening with Yuri after that fight? But then you have Hill and Pajeda. So it's kind of murky there. You know, he might end up having to fight down, even though he's now in the top 10. I hope not for his sake, because it's a five fight win streak. You know, typically you see guys having to fight down coming off of a loss and still being ranked higher. But and I mean, Anybody, is, anytime, anywhere. Yeah, this let is me, his biggest,
1: biggest win. And even though it's short notice, and you got to put those things in the equation when you look at future matchups, but he mm-hmm. passed the test. When he needed to pass the test, he passed the test. Now, we've already called for this. He's called for it. Main event next time. Just main event <laughs> next time. You know, Give him the five rounds. He didn't need it, but give him the five rounds. Give him the opportunity to mentally train for it if it goes that distance. He's fun, man. And he just seems yeah. like a good guy, you know. Like, yes, there's nothing yeah. wrong with just having a good guy. Sometimes he just seems like a good guy,
0: genuine. Yeah, you know, openly talking about mental health issues and all those kinds of things. It's it's good to see somebody like that be successful. Yeah, I think, and there, that even pushes it more towards the the Nikita Krylov fight. Then, yeah, give them a, a main event on a on a fight night card. Yes, please. Yeah, you're tuning in. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yes,
0: I am. I'm yeah, yeah. tuning in. Anytime
1: Khalil yeah. Roundtree fights. if I bet say if, the, if for some reason the fight night card that they if they have that matchup and you're like, you know what, I'm done watching MMA, you can be like, well, after this fight, I'm done watching MMA, you know, like I'm yeah. going to I'm going to watch this one and then I'll be done. So, yeah, that's yeah. a great matchup. Let's do it.
0: After I watch this comic book character, Muay Thai fighter, <laughs> <laughs> impart violence on somebody else, yeah. uh, a fight that was a little less violent than I think what we were anticipating was that main event. Um, interesting. It's very interesting. Interesting main event.
1: And before we really break it down, it is one of these things, and I hate to hate it for Gutierrez because it's not like he's not shown that he's really, really good. But this is the next level of fighting, right? It's, it's just the next level where that fourth round came and it was like it's no longer close anymore. It was close. <laughs> the three rounds were good. You know, he was doing mm-hmm. his thing. Fourth round changed, and I mean, he got tagged, but you yeah. know, couldn't get up. Fifth round couldn't get up. It's when you get to these higher levels. That's what you're expecting. Now he's tasted it. Where does he go from here? But we can break down the fight. But it is levels to the game.
0: There, absolutely. And that was I was gonna post it last night on on X. Uh, just like levels. <laughs> there, yep. there really are levels to it. And one of the things that I think is underrated, you hear you hear it talked about with guys like Kamara Usman, uh, Colby Covington, just that championship mentality yep. the championship mindset and no disrespect to chris gutierrez because he has championship level striking skills yep 100 but i don't know if he has the mental to to do that right the two times we've seen him get an opportunity in the top 10 he's looked gun shy i get it in the the pedro muñoz you know 38 year old young punisher fight <laughs> I get it in that because he got cracked early and then it was like, all right, I'm a little worried about what's coming back towards me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in this one, he's concerned talking Gutierrez is talking to the ref, you know, trying to argue about a glove grab. He's yelling at people outside of the cage and challenging them to a fight. You know, I mean, just the kind of things. And you saw it with the corner work for Mark Montoya, and I can't praise Mark Montoya enough for this dude knows his fighter. Yeah. right. When you heard him between the fourth and fifth rounds, just like, hey, man, are you with me? Yeah. Like, are you with me? And Gutierrez being like, no, I need a minute. And, you know, just that, which, once again, to Gutierrez, is his mental state. But I, I applaud Mark Montoya really understanding his fighter and not. Going in there and just like, you're fucking throwing it yeah, away yeah, yeah, and just like yeah. screaming at this guy, because obviously he knows him to the point of like, hey, I need you to calm We got to we got to do this. But yeah, I, for him to be kind of that distracted and then coming down to it's the fifth round, you're losing the fight. You just got controlled and him to just be like, yeah, I'm not here mentally. I I need a minute. And then. Montoya basically telling him the only way to win this is to counter. And he goes for an Imanari role after getting controlled on the ground for the previous. round. It was almost like a acceptance of, I want this fight to be over.
1: Well, I mean, which is
0: sad to see. It is. But also sometimes
1: this is the level up fight that you have to do. You know, we talked about last week. It's nice to win and learn a lesson, but sometimes you got to lose and learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. We'll see what he learns from this because you had a hard five round fight against a guy that's not going to stop you. Song Dong's not gonna stop. No. As long as he's in there. I mean, yeah, he got stopped for the uh San you know, San Hagen fight, but it's cause his shit was broke. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, the doctor I'm, stopped him. He didn't he didn't quit on himself. And his hand was broken. He's not gonna stop. But that's that's probably a great lesson for Goodyears, is that these upper people, they have that next thing. You know what? Having skill sets great. I think I'm gonna pick on Connor a little bit because, you know, we don't know if it's a mental thing or just a straight up cardio. a uh, mm-hmm. Zahabi thinks it's like more of a cardio thing than a mental, but he seems like he has a limit, right? And other people don't, I think. And we're going to be talking about a fighter, you know, that's coming up next week that doesn't, that no matter what, I'm not broken and I can push forward. Maybe Gutierrez learns from this and gets it, but Yadong has that. And Good one for him, but it's like it almost feels like okay, but you fought the number 15 guy. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you, what did you prove here? But it was a, it was impressive. He did what he had to do to number 15.
0: Whenever, and and I think, I think that's what was proven was here is a guy who is dangerous, who has a very unique style. For the for the weight class, right, like a very Muay Thai heavy style. Kind of probably only other guy that's really that similar is Jonathan Martinez, his training partner there at Factory X. But I think what Song proved is like this is what I'm supposed to do to these people, and I'm doing it. He went in there supremely confident. I mean the the size of his head, (laughs) his head is enormous. Like he ate that front kick clean to the face, and was just just smiled at him. Right, you know, I mean, just not not concerned at all about the power coming back at him, and then when it hit the ground, being violent. I think it was the end of round three. Was the first time where like he he started to get off a bit on the ground, and it was, (sighs)
1: yeah,
0: but it was impressive. I I was really happy to see this from Yadong because we started talking about this fight, saying it. There's levels to it. And when when you can put on the type of performance that has people talking about, oh, yeah, there's levels to the game that lets you know that you're doing what you are supposed to do, because yep. top 15 guy, one of the best in the world and made it look like he did not belong in the cage with him. Yeah. And and it's not like Gutierrez didn't have
1: any success because I, at the first round, especially, it's, he was doing a good job of not getting hit. He really was doing a good job of not getting hit. Something broke in that fourth round. Maybe just getting tagged and getting laid on the whole time, where you're like, okay, I got wobbled or I got hurt. Maybe he didn't get wobbled, he got hurt. He's on me the whole time. I couldn't get up. I want to say that fifth is tough. And that's where he's going to have to face his demons. He's just going to have to look at himself in the mirror and say, I was good the first three. I was, you know, maybe I am tired, but I'm good. I'm fresh. I got hit. I got controlled. And I just seem to not pick it up after that. Because if he would have came out the fifth round and really showed off, then you're like, okay, he has that mental thing, but someone's just better. There's nothing wrong with someone being better than you. Yeah. No. Right. But if if you can't like like uh, some of the distracting things on the side, that seems like a mental edge thing where we'll see. Not gonna yeah, like lose faith in him, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. I want to watch Chris Gutierrez fight. He's Absolutely. a fun fighter to watch. But as far as championship aspirations, I I don't I don't see that at this point uh, in now, his career, correct. Yeah, at this point. And he and he's I think in his early thirties, thirty two, thirty three. Yeah. Uh now, Song is 26 and has, like, 30 professional fights because that's how they do in China. Uh, China. China. Uh, but him moving forward, he called out Piotr Jan. That was a fight that was supposed to happen. Um Now, don't know if, if he's going to get that fight. I mean, ultimately, I get why you would call out Jan, former champion, and he's also on a three-fight losing streak. <laughs> so, you know, you have a chance to fight somebody who's higher than you in the rankings, that you can make a name off of, and at this point, doesn't seem like the threat he once was. I sure. but oh no, he did square up with
1: Connor McGregor. I was about to say, I don't think that fight's gonna happen because apparently, him and Connor are gonna fight. I mean, they did it for <laughs> shits
0: and giggles, you know, whatever. Did you see what Michael Chandler posted? Mm-mm. He's like, Are there any 125, possibly 135ers <laughs> that wanna square up with me in a boxing ring? So I bizarre. need to stay relevant. So yeah. bizarre, super weird. Super, super weird. But if he doesn't fight Pyotr Jan, I think Marab for anybody would be an amazing fight. Plus, uh, you would then have the grappling of Marab and the grappling of Team Alpha Male, essentially, which... I kind of had to start pulling for song Yadong and the uh in the fight last night when I saw old Slava Claws in his corner. I was like, All right, all right let's all right. you let's won roll. me over. Well, here's the <laughs> yeah.
1: thing, and I do this to you, I feel like every week, why would Marab take that fight? That's the only thing I gotta say is why would Marab take that fight? I don't think he does. So like I don't really think Yadong uh is gonna have that on the radar.
0: Yeah, we childish I, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think Marab is down to fight anybody. I think he has that mentality. And I also think that the UFC does not want to do him any favors. Yeah, you're and right. And so I think for them, they're going to say you are going to have to beat somebody else, whether it is Sohudo, you know, unless we'll see what happens, but it's a little ways off. But come March. If O'Malley beats Cheeto, I think they let him call his shot. Again, and if that is, if he wants to fight Cejudo, if he wants to fight Marab, you know, whoever that is, I think they let him call his shot. Well, I mean. I think uh, it should be Sanhagen. but
1: oh, man, that, that'd be a joke. Uh, I think idea. it should be Marab. It should be Marab. But,
0: yeah, but if not Marab, Sanhagen just from a I, skill for skill. I think see.
1: O'Malley never calls Cejudo just because. It's the biggest way to troll Sahudo is by just not giving him the attention that he wants, right? Yeah, true. But yeah, true. Marab definitely deserves it. I don't know. We'll see. That division's so cool; <laughs> like, it's still so yeah. good that like, who gives a shit? But Marab's got to fight somebody. And if I'm Marab and his team, I'm like, look, we're probably not in the good graces of UFC. We're not going to fight somebody that just fought somebody, double their ranking and beat them. Yeah. That doesn't do anything for us. But I want to see Marab fight. So then
0: then Song versus Huda. Let's do it. Uh, I would watch that. Right? <laughs> and, yeah. and
1: and we have Figgy in the mix now. You know, we do have Figgy in the mix. Mm. So,
0: yeah, which I still think. I, I think that's why Song Yawn doesn't happen, because I think they'll do Figgy. Jan. Yeah. But, which is fun. Yeah. And we had talked about Gutierrez probably not championship caliber at this point. <laughs> Somebody that had keeps passing every test with flying colors and has all of the makings uh, of a a future title contender it's hard to say somebody will be a champion yeah but somebody that it i would bet the house on is going to contend for a title at some point the great japanese hope tatsuro Taira. jesus christ that
1: right that overhand right to hurt him or am i just straight right and then the overwhelming you're telling me this guy has wrestling and power and what's the latest that's not good
0: yeah, it, he's starting to follow that path of other really, really good grapplers where it's like, oh shit, that's right. They have great core strength because they're fantastic grapplers, so they have power too. Yeah. And and you saw the look on Hernandez's face when the first shot hit before the follow-up hook, that kind of split second between there, where he's like, Oh God, you know, like that shit hurt. And Hernandez, even though he's nine and two going in this fight, like he was in there with Alan Nasamento, he has fought good fighters oh, yeah. and if if you want to know how good Tyra is he has not been worse than a 3 to 1 favorite in any of his UFC fights and his average line is minus 715 he's 23 years old and he is 5 and 0 in the UFC with what four finishes now it,
1: it it doesn't make sense i disagree with one of the judges scorecards that is a 10 8 in that first round i don't see that but he's just clearly better it it's so fun to watch these lower weight divisions and their skill set they have. And now you're talking about we have a guy that is this impressive at his age that we can just throw in the mix eventually. Come on. Mm-hmm. Man. Come on. Come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I also disagree with the 10-8. What are you doing Ron McCarthy? Uh, but it was it was thorough domination for for that first round, right? Like grappled him when Hernandez tried to like go for the trip and tyra just like big brother just like shoved him (laughs) to the ground you know it's like oh cool that's where you want this fight to go we can do this and one of the things that is interesting to me about tyra is we're seeing the progression and i don't just mean about the new doom making him look like takanori Gomi. yeah for sure Um, (laughs) but the the ground and pound like that's a a bit of a new wrinkle to the game that we didn't necessarily see before, and he still looks a little hesitant with it. Where there was times for some additional strikes, and you saw him kind of like just control and start to work for a sub, but he's dropping bows, going full Luda on him, right? Like his, so it stupid. is <laughs> so tough. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out like who's Luda? <laughs> <laughs> who's how dare you? Yeah, I know that's how what I'm you. saying.
1: Like this, not cool um,
0: man. but he, yeah, Christopher Bridges. Um, but he is adding new things to the game every single time. And it does remind me a little bit of the rise of like guys that we're seeing putting themselves in title talk, Armand Sarukian, you know, Ilya Tepuria, who is getting his title shot, where you're seeing them improve every time that they're in in the cage. You're seeing them pass these tests and show – What's needed to be a champion. And by that I mean with Tapuria was arguably losing to Jai Herbert before that, you know, body shot put him out. And Sarukian showing when he got hit by Joachim Silva and hurt badly, leaning on what he does so well. We saw that with. Tyra in the Chiras fight where he's controlling all of a sudden the guillotine was there and he didn't panic. You know, he did what he had to do. was aware of the clock, rolled his back to alleviate the pressure so he could survive. Those are the types of things that when you see these young fighters, you want to see them tested. Mm -hmm. And that's why we talk about tests every single fucking week, (laughs) you know, is test, test, test. And that's what it's about because you don't want the first time you have to find out being in a contender, being a top five fight or being a title fight or being with somebody that's just so outside of your skill
1: level, right? Where it's like, they're going to, they're going to make you pay for it. Yes. And yes. he's in the flight division. My guy, that's scary. So once, yes. once you break in, we say this a lot, you know, like it's, it's scary up there, you know, it's stressful, but this is a division where you highlighted a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's not someone that's unskilled or just. It's like these dudes are well-rounded everywhere. Tyra's showing that he's growing. He's putting the division on notice, and that's a beautiful thing. It's just Gosh. a beautiful thing to be like. I'm here, and when I'm when I break in, be scared, and I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for and it. he he called out Muhammad Mukayev, uh, who does have a fight announced, and and we'll talk about that. I don't like that for Tyra yet. That's a little because ambitious, right? yeah, it, well it's. I get it two young guys and Mokhayev has looked vulnerable at at times and from a, a grappling standpoint like wet dream right there watching watching these two dudes grapple yes that's right uh, but Gross. Mokaev's Mokayev's <laughs> ranked number 9 like this is a fight to me that's a fight that needs to take place in 2 to 3 years with a belt on the line it's it's just right? an,
1: it's an ambitious call out which we're never mad about ambitious call outs <laughs> but our philosophy is ambitious call out is like prove that test break in and then have the ambitious call out. But yes, you know what? These fighters have egos. You can't blame them. Yeah. You can't blame yeah. them for doing it, but we don't want to see it. Yeah. Cause even if you are ready to beat them, let's just build it up. You know, like yeah. you said,
0: two more year, we got some time. The, the hard part is though, Tyra is so active. Yep. He's twenty three years old. He's already five and zero. Yeah, it's insane in the UFC. So like that—that is part of the the hard part about keeping him out of the top fifteen at this point, or a top fifteen matchup. Is he's he's on a five fight win streak in the UFC with four finishes. Yeah, like yeah. So keeping him out it it seems a little disrespectful too. I do think, however, that a you know a guy that was supposed to be on this card who did not fight would be a fantastic matchup, uh, Alon Nascimento. Versus Tyra, I think, would be really, really entertaining. Uh, I also think perhaps another young guy that has had some bumps in the road but has a, a decent name, Jake Hadley, because I think Hadley presents some different tests to Tyra. He's a little more aggressive and violent than some of the people that Tyra has fought so far. Uh, or you could potentially give him a a fringe top 15 guy now, you know whether it is uh and and we'll kick right into the fight here Sumadarji after losing to tim elliott you know is it is it that one i like is that it, fight i like that fight yeah is it dvorak is it the the loser of a fight that's coming up this upcoming week with uh takiru and Bekov and cody durden who are both you know 13 and 15 so there yeah there's definitely some matchups there i just i would hate to see them push tyra too quick because ultimately he does have championship caliber skills it seems like championship caliber mindset future contender and and he's active i mean he fought three times this year right like Mm -hmm. so he's active so the only
1: fear of putting him against and i'm not gonna be able to say how do you say it suma diergy suma because it's like he's coming off the loss right so and then you can break into the top 15 it's just once you're there you're there And you know, we've Mm -hmm. talked about this, but I mean he can break into the top fifteen and fight someone that's under him if he's like ranked twelfth or thirteenth or whatever. But once you're there, you're there. Once you're there, Mm -hmm. you don't then you don't go back and be like, well, we still want to wait and put him back on our top fifteen. So if they're ready for it, cool. If not, give him I mean, he he might fight three times again next year. I doubt it. You know, probably two times at least. Yeah. I mean give him one more and then see what happens.
0: Yeah, he's calling for a fight for three to four months from now. So oh, he he wants to fight. That's that which, young man, shit right there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. It, it's what he does, right? Like, why would he not yeah. <laughs> at the level he's performing? And maybe once he tastes top fifteen talent, top ten talent, it's like okay, let me back off. I you know I need to take more time. But fuck, on the rise, like let's do it. Same thing with what we saw with Hamzat you know, where it was like, boom, 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 let's go. And then it's like, all right. And he jumped all the way up to number three yeah, with Gilbert Burns, yeah. you know, but he tasted that and was like, all right, yeah, we're not fighting every weekend now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we, we well, can't he do finally that. got hit, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and as we were talking about their uh, possible matchup, the Tim Elliott Sumadarji, which took place at Bantamweight, even though it was ranked flyweights because of the short notice, but. Tim Elliott, man. Oof. I mean, just a one of those people that I think is going to go down like hardcore fans. One of their guys that five ten years from now, like God, I miss Tim Elliott. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those type things, similar to a Clay Guida. You know, similar to um, but he's going to do um, like what he you- Chris Light, Chris Lytle. You, you know, like some of those guys that were just always. Fun to watch. He brings such a unique style to to the cage. It's it's just fun. And
1: man, I mean, how disgusting is it? How often do you see blood getting squeezed out of you? That's insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it squirted
1: into the air because the squeeze was so tight. Doc, gross, and just a crazy good performance. You're right. Tim Ellie's is just one of those fun guys. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> you called me last night and you're like, did you hear his walkout song? I'm like, no, funny.
0: Yes. Funny. For, for those of you that did not have the sound turned on or missed the walkout, Tim Elliott came out to a boy named Sue hilarious. because he was fighting Sue Madarji. Like yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Sanko talked about he had two practices for this fight. He, he got two sessions in after finding out, after accepting this fight. Um, and, and then you listen to his post-fight interview with Paul Felder. And it makes you like him even more where yep. he's like bantamweight, flyweight, like I'm not going to win a title, so I just want to fight, and I just want to do this. And respect, good job for Felder to be like, hey, man, like let's not say you're not going to win a title. Um, but also having that realization of like, hey, I think that part of my career of trying to chase that is over, but it doesn't mean I can't beat top 15 guys.
1: Impressively too. And it's kind of weird, right? Because like as a competitor, you don't really – You always expect athletes and professional athletes to be going for the gold. But I guess there's a point where you're like, I don't think that I'll ever get it. So what's next for me? And we always, we never shit on, you know, the top 10 gatekeeper. We never shit on the top 15. We never shit on those guys. Mm -hmm. If that's who he is and he's comfortable with it, well, then every time Tim fights, his goal now is to be like, I'm not letting you surpass me. It's still something to fight for. Right. So yeah. he, like he might not ever think, but I'm also going to show you that I'm no slouch. And if you're going to be the champion one day, then you got to beat me. And that's another thing to wake up and train hard for. And that's still fun, especially when you squeeze blood out of people. So cool.
0: Yeah. And when you talk about a, a another name, a guy like Matt Brown, like that, that's kind yeah. of where yeah. where Tim Elliott's at. But when you talk about a gatekeeper and anybody that's listened to the podcast for any amount of time, like you just alluded to, that is not a term of disrespect in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. It means you are one of the 15, 10, 5 best people in the world at what you do. You're just not the best. Yep. And that's proven true for, for Elliot. When you look at his losses, John Dodson, Joseph Benavidez, Mighty Mouse, Davison Figueroa, Asgar Asgarov, Raw Dog, Royval, Mateusz Nikolau, Mohamed Makayev. Like, these are the guys that he's losing to. He he beat Tahirul Imbekov, which was a little questionable. There were some glove grabs going on there, uh, but beat Matt Schnell on uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, had Demetrius Johnson in some trouble yeah. during during their fight. Uh, he is that guy that if you if you're a prospect and you want to be want to remove yourself from prospect status and put yourself into contender status, you have to beat him. That's why the the Mokayev finish is so impressive. Like that, after Mokayev had had some struggles in some of his fights, that was the one where it's like, okay, no, this guy is living up to the potential. And that's, there's always a place for guys like this, especially people that are going to be do entertaining shit, do forward rolls, (laughs) you know, (laughs) trying to land, trying to rolling thunder, like just fun, entertaining guys. Um, So, I want to watch Tim Elliott oh, it next week. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And we'll keep it in the flyweight division because there was another prospect on this card in Hyun Sung Park, which awesome nickname, peace of mind. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, taking on Shannon Ross and levels.
1: Levels. 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 Yeah. Levels. I
0: mean, everything Park hit him with, it seemed like, was, was really hurting him. Uh, but also levels because when you look at two flyweight prospects here, Real big difference between Tatsuro Tyra and Young Sung Park. Yeah, real big difference.
1: Yeah, and it's it's real funny because right when I mean they they sit on the comment right when they're like, oh Ross is looking good. He was like, no, I'm gonna fucking beat him up now. Yeah, Park just had his number. Park just had his number. It was yep. unfortunately this is what he should have done to Ross. Right, this is what you have to do. But come on, you always talk about body shots, the kicks to the <sighs> liver, and then he said, "Well, I'm going to punch you in the stomach again." <laughs> it was yes. it's intelligent, right? It's 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 that next level of I didn't just hurt you and I'm going to storm you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to step back real quick. You're wincing. Let me punch you again there, and it's over for him. It's it's impressive to see and since we're staying on the flyweights, let's just let's just hype this division up. What a great division. This is what we're seeing outside yes. of the top 15.
0: Yes. What are yeah. we doing? I mean, th- that level. And when you look at what he did, and there's definitely holes that need to be shorn up. Park gets hit. His chin's up in the air sure. a bit. All of those things. But the cage control, the killer instinct. I mean, I'm sitting on the couch uh, watching this. My my wife is doing some last-minute uh, Christmas shopping on, on her laptop. And the, the front kick touched the liver. And you saw... Ross kind of take that step back he decent poker face a little bit of a twitch in the face but step back and I just go oh I touched the liver and like my wife whips her head around like what the fuck are you talking about Um, but then to have that killer instinct of boom rip the lead hook to the body which to me is one of the most beautiful looking things I don't know why but that is so aesthetically pleasing to me. Probably because like it looks Jose like hitting, Aldo used like to do bag. it.
1: Yeah, probably like hitting yeah. a heavy bag. You see so many people in heavy bags and that's what it looks like, right? I didn't mean,
0: to cut you yes. off, but that's probably why. Oh, he ripped it and then combo finished it with the, the, the next rip to the body and dropped him. I mean, just beautiful, yep. beautiful body work. And it was that instinct of because he wasn't really working the body prior to that, but it was I tickled the liver a little bit. And now I'm going to go back to it and Ooh, just swarmed him. That was, well, I say it all the time with guys. I want to watch Park fight next yes, week. It was beautiful, and he's going to be someone that slowly gets brought
1: along outside the top 15, <laughs> and if you have those type of performances, what do you learn? Hopefully, the
0: things that you're talking about, is short, and he needs to shore up, hopefully he does, but
1: yeah, let's watch him fight again next week, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, and as precise as that shot was, those shots, I should say, to the liver should be the same precision with which you hit that follow like subscribe button on your podcast listening service of choice and then also going over to X. Same thing, follow at number one B.S. Pod, you will see the fight picks, the wonderful live posts, as well as the featured prelim poll. And since we're talking about featured prelims, let's talk about the featured (laughs) prelim. my man, Kevin, Ju say, I think is how it's pronounced. Sounds and right. uh, Song Kanan. That jab that Ju say was throwing out there was I mean, he All song night. had two black eyes by the end of the first round.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, you always hear people talk about jabs and stuff and you see it sometimes. But when you see it this successfully, you're like, why doesn't everybody do it? It's it's kind of the same with me where I'm like, <laughs> why doesn't everybody just kick everybody's calves? Obviously, yes. there's there's skill <laughs> and technique to it. But, man, how successful was that? It's, it's like that it, he only jabbed during camp. It was
0: beautiful. He used, because he is big for 170, really tall, and he does keep his chin up in the air, and he got tagged by by song. But for somebody who doesn't, he almost has the kind of Mirko Krokop head, where his chin looks a little small. You know, you see yeah. some of these guys <laughs> like Dan Henderson that have these massive chins. Not the case with Jusse, but he took clean shots. From Song Kanan and and ate him pretty well. And we saw that it dropped IMG when Song yeah. Kanon collected cleanly with him. So you know, the chin, even though he gets hit, the chin is there. But I he uses that size so well, right? If you're gonna be a tall fighter, use the jab. And there's so many guys that are big like that that don't that have trouble with the jab. Not the case here. And one of the things that stood out to me was early on. And, and they mentioned it on the broadcast, but he looked so much like Izzy just in stylistically th- with the the rear hand kind of up by the face, the constant rear hip fakes, the way he was kind of throwing out the lead hand on the jab and just kind of playing with the front hand. It looked it was like, OK, this looks like a guy who trains with Izzy and is trying to emulate that style the kind of lean off. Like, he, it looked very much like Izzy. Now, obviously, not the same striking skills as Izzy. And you could tell it's something he's learning because as the fight went on and Jose got a little more tired and there were more firefights, that style kind of left yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. He was still pumping the jab. But, yeah, for about the first two, three minutes of the fight, it was like, God, it, re- it looks like somebody trying to mimic Izzy
1: style, and if I'm a stand up fighter, and someone's like, "You kind of look like Izzy," I'm doing something right. Yeah. But the success yeah. that he had last night, I don't know how many times he's going to be able to jab someone to death. But I'm going into my next camp being like, "Okay, well that worked." You know, like, mm-hmm. okay for the if I look like Izzy, maybe maybe let's keep this up, guys. You it know, was it and- was it was a great performance. It wasn't like the most quote exciting fight. Like it wasn't something that had me all juice ate up. <laughs> <laughs> <It's nice. laughs> um, but. <laughs> Just really good fight, and it's like, okay, now we have another guy that's making his way up. Great. It was a great performance on the feature prelim. Now I know the feature prelim is different when they don't cut the broadcast. It feels different, right? You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's another fight. But he got that, he'll get that shine of, like, being the feature prelim. You have a great win. And busting up someone's face always looks, like, impressive for your stats, Ro.
0: Yes, and, and because, like, he trains in in uh, in New Zealand. But he's, he's French, it's French, it's French. <laughs> so France card, boom, yeah, you got him easy Australia card, boom, you got him. You know, if they do a New Zealand card, you got like, there's so many different kind of marketing things you can do for this guy. Um, he doesn't need to be moved along quickly because Welterweight is an absolute shark tank, but here's a guy that I'm I'm intrigued for his next fight oh, now. Yeah. Yeah, the judo's there. You know, gets a submission in his first fight, and then now he's showing that. You, I think you said it perfectly. He made it look like why? Why doesn't everybody just <laughs> yeah. use the jab like yeah. that? He made it look so simple. It reminds me of like Saint Pierre against Koscheck is is one of the like perfect jab displays where it's like. Well, that looks really fucking easy. How come nobody does that? <laughs> We're going to bring it back for decades, dude. But yeah, I mean, that's a great, that's a great pull out of the hat.
1: Like when, when George St. Pierre did it, it's like, why isn't, why isn't everybody doing this? It's because you can't, you can't do it to everybody.
0: You just can't. Mm-hmm.
1: But when you can do it and you make it look good, I mean, great yeah, one for I, him.
0: Yeah. And looking good, uh, Nazrat, oh. Pack Paras, and Jamie Malarkey, who the, the lead hook for Hack Paras looked really good, and and unfortunately for Malarkey, the last three times that he's uh, been KO'd TKO'd, which I think they're all TKOs because I don't know if this man will go unconscious, yeah. but they've all been been hooks that that dropped him. How many shots were was were they going to let him eat until? And I get it; he was like standing back up, but also. This is not a top 10 fight. This is something where ultimately you have a guy eating probably at least 20 unanswered (laughs) shots, uppercuts, like not, you know, little pitter patter shots that you see sometimes on the ground when guys are completely covered up, you know, turtled. And it's just, okay. that's enough volume. We're going to stop this. But these were clean shots that, yeah, that he was eating. It was.
1: But, but I think I think I agree with you. He didn't need to take all the damage. I think the problem was is that he was standing up. So it's like, is he fighting? Yeah, you know, it's hard to because if they would have stopped him, like man, let him fight. Yeah, I mean, I might have been someone that said that. It's hard, but God, it's like, dude, he got it so much. I think we talked right after that fight, and you're like, how many? Or maybe you texted me, how many answer shots? Like, a whole bunch. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. lot. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. Yeah. It's, mm. But it's not the same as like the Bobby Green last week, right? Because Bobby Green is like almost feeling helpless. This guy's It's I don't think he needed to take that damage, but he didn't do himself any favors by standing up. But in a minute 44, how do you say his last name? Hawk Perest? Hawk uh, Paras. Hawk Paras showed some violence. Violence. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to look actually here real quick. Look at the stats there. Uh, but with Jamie Malarkey, like that's a guy who fits the description of too tough for his own good. Yep. Because you know you're taking punishment that that you wouldn't need to otherwise. Uh, so they're saying it was 16 total significant strikes that were landed um see it felt like a lot more yeah, it did than, feel like a lot more than that but uh two knockdowns in that short uh, amount of time minute 44 it was re- really good for hack perrest um not necessarily for for malarkey, mm-hmm. hack perrest did ask for a top 15 i just don't know who that could be at this point because when you look at guys at the bottom portion of the top 15 he's fought him he lost to drew dober lost to dan hooker lost to bobby green
1: yeah i don't know and this this might not be the fight that gets him another top 15 guy but it might be as well sometimes people just want to see violence i don't know that's a good ass question
0: yeah, I just I it feels like there's probably other matchups outside of the top 15. And great, like you put on a performance like that, call your shot go. Try to get the yeah. top 15. I understand. Uh, but there's probably some other matchups outside of the top 15 that could be fun. Grant Dawson, uh Corn Rolla, Matt Frivola. You know, there's Joel Alvarez. Like, there's other guys. I mean, shit, we saw violence last week with uh Jakar Close. But the slam like there, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of lightweight matchups there where he does not need to be fighting and, top 15.
1: And fair enough. If he wins another fight, let's let's just make a scenario. He wins another fight in the next six months and Bobby Green loses another fight. This, you can run that one back, right? Because like try to get that back. But yeah, right now it's tough for him, but he doesn't have to worry about it at this moment because, you know, the holidays are coming up. He can rest. He, yes. he, he's got his Christmas, his Christmas day gift to himself. But man, it was intense, man. That was such a fast, violent fight.
0: Yes, extremely violent. And somebody that brings extreme violence to their fights every time. Steve Garcia. Ooh. That fight versus Mel Costa. Jesus. I mean, I get the first round wasn't everybody's cup of tea yeah. uh, just because there was control along the cage and and not a lot of damage being done. I would have almost made the argument that despite the control, Garcia won the first round just because of the elbows that, you know, back over his head. Cause there just wasn't a lot of, yeah. there was like no damage being done in that round, but boy, when he got his chance, uh, Yeah, he said, fuck this, I'm not getting taken down. That knee on the way up was horrible. The follow up shots, the elbows come on, man. On the ground were terrifying. I mean terrifying. And when you have
1: for some reason for me, when you have someone elbowing you and there's it's that bloody, it just looks so it looks so much more violent than just getting punched. They were so intense.
0: Elbows gotta suck, man.
1: Elbows just gotta suck. (laughs)
0: Yeah, they suck so bad that for a good thirty seconds after the fight, Kose has no dear, no idea where he's at. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> no, idea. <laughs> no idea where he's at. He's trying to take down Chris Tognoni. Yeah, like and good on Tognoni. Yeah, spread the legs up against the cage, try like, to hit I the sprawl, switch. <laughs> yeah, like you know, good. Good on him. What wasn't good was nobody stepped in to yeah, help right, him for sure. Right, there him. was like doctors walking up and people and like, hey, hey, Mel, where's Melks? corner at yeah. like trying to get their dude to make sure that you know he doesn't succeed in the takedown and then try to punch Tonyoni but <laughs> garcia man i didn't even first of all i didn't even think
1: about no one jumping in to help tonyoni i didn't think about it just now because i don't know there's a part of you that's like oh he's safe because the fighter's gonna come to it but yeah you're right what if he just would have like it's scary right because that means he's like he doesn't know where he's at. Like you yeah, said, yeah, yeah, seconds. that
0: is fight or flight. He's choosing fight, pure survival instinct. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not not okay. But what a run for Garcia! Now he's on a three fight knockout streak. The lost his fight prior to that on got knocked out in the first round, but he's four and one in his last five, and all of them are finishes. Yeah, he run. is. Yes. Yeah. He finishes fight. (laughs) I mean, he's just, he's violence personified and it's really fun to watch. And another person, and it was the perfect call out. Yes, 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 yes. If you want violence, him and Nate, the train, like let's, let's fucking go. (laughs) And and I know you have some experience
1: actually knowing Nate, the train. I don't know him, but I feel like if he's at home and someone calls him out that like he jumps in the gym right then. Like you're gonna call me out, dude? Like no, no, no. Yeah, what a great
0: call out. I want to see it. I don't. I don't want to hear any other fights. That one. Make that. Yeah, that's the one. Now, uh, unfortunately for for Nate, at this point, uh, he's obviously very proudly from Clarksville beautiful Clarksville Tennessee and uh, they just had some tornadoes touchdown ah. like the community has been hit pretty hard he's already out there trying to do like some fundraising and stuff to to help people out which like good on you yeah. but don't know how much you know that's going to impact him being able to get back in there but yeah any any day of the week uh i'd watch them fight in a parking lot like i want to see the, those two guys uh get after it. that so, so great he, call out garcia so you're telling me nate
1: the train didn't say man fuck me tornadoes and try to square up with a tornado <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, he might have yeah like, he might
0: have I, I i like nate the train's uh, chances in, in me that too, fight. Dude. <laughs> uh um, so yeah great great call out there one fight i d- I do just want to talk about real quick and and then we'll we'll move on is that Luana Santos, uh, Stephanie Egger. And the only reason I want to talk about it is i I was hoping Santos was that they were going to interview her, like she got the women solely to find out what's going on, yeah just... because there was that real bad miss. It was three to four weeks' notice, but you would think that would be enough time, like on taking it a weight class up unless there was something truly going on. So curious about that. I mean, not not a super eventful fight, but the thing that made me intrigued is they're talking about like her holding her own against Macy Barber in the gym. And Macy Barber is a top 10 flyweight. And what we saw in this fight was not top 10 caliber. So I I wonder, I hope this is a learning experience for for Santos because she got the dub so good for her, but not the type of performance that when you're a young prospect, especially if she moves back down to flyweight where there's all those killers that's going to get you moving on.
1: Well, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer then. I'm tired of hearing every week someone missing weight, and then you miss weight in a division above, and you're still three pounds over, three and a half really, right? And then, you know, yeah, they force her to strip. Yeah, I'm I'm not impressed with how she looked last night. She gassed out, man. Mm -hmm. Like, so, yeah, maybe, maybe there's something wrong with her, but – I'm not giving anybody else an excuse. I'm not gonna start giving her an excuse. She, she that that's a terrible look to miss weight ten pounds up.
0: Yeah, for for somebody that I was genuinely excited to watch her next fight to see what the progression was, those uh that excitement is definitely temp you know, a little temper yeah. now. So
1: But she I mean, um, she got a win, good for her, but bad and and then what does she fight next? What wait what weight class is she in next? I don't get yeah.
0: I don't get it, but We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a fight that was, I would say, controversial in the decision. uh, Was that Iron Turtle, Andre Muniz? Okay, so I'm assuming that you
1: think controversial because of the first round. But I really sat and thought about it. And I'm like, he only had like 30 seconds of top. And I don't think he did enough. I think Muniz won the first round, just based on the idea. He didn't have enough damage to get done. He'd be like, okay, we'll overturn it. And he was getting controlled in terms of, I think Muniz was dictating where the fight was happening in the first round. Uh, and then, I mean, of course, if he could have done it earlier, still, but I just don't know if 30 seconds with the little amount of damage that he did. Now, good on Park, though, because when he flipped the position, he's like, I'm going to attack. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's him just being aggressive for him understanding like maybe i'm losing this round and let me get it it's a tough one to score because maybe if he cuts him or i didn't feel like muniz was in danger i think that's why i think my bias is showing being like i don't feel like he was in danger i don't know how you stole the round what do you
0: think do you think he stole the round to me the the first round was the hardest one yeah. to to score and when you look at the cards and this is one of those kind of weird anomalies about the 10 point must system. Two judges gave round one to park. Yeah. Two judges gave round three to park. Yeah. So of the three rounds, the judges, two of the three judges gave him two rounds. Yeah. But because of the way they're, the judge is not seeing anything eye to eye other than round two, he loses. And so that, that's kind of interesting to me. I do think he did enough at the end of the first round to To steal that round solely for the fact that Muniz really did not do much. yeah, he, he did took him down. he He kind of threatened a submission, kind of they didn't credit him with a single submission attempt throughout the fight, which is strange because he was working towards you know, arm triangles and you know some things there. But statistically speaking, I know stats aren't everything, but they matter. Muniz had three minutes of control time to Park's 45 seconds. Three significant strikes, 10 total strikes for Muniz, 13 significant, 20 total for Park. And it felt like the point of the first round where, there, where you could say one fighter was causing damage or was threatening putting the other fighter in danger. I think that was Park in so, the last 45 seconds of that round.
1: So I'm going to just be real ridiculous. Let me let me change the scenario up a little bit because this isn't exactly what happened, but let's say it's four minutes of control time, fighter A, four minutes of control time, with the same thing, not really hitting him, but just dictating where the fight goes. Gets him down the ground, gets reversed, and then the last 10 seconds, he gets in a choke. Uh, fighter B gets fighter A in a choke, and for the last 10 seconds, it's like, okay, I'm threatening that. Is that more... Do you still feel like that's more important? Uh, if if he has ten seconds of actually being like, I have you in a choke, and if you give me a minute, maybe I choke you out. Do you still around for fighter B
0: in that point? I ask. I I ask for a reason. So, yeah my my thought with that is probably not unless it was. I think with a choke, probably not. If we're talking. Um do Bronx El Kikui where he is, it's an arm, it's a lock and he is damaging the joint. Then ten, I think ten it's seconds. much more of a conversation if, if he hurts him from it and there was no real damage done coming the other way. I think so er- because I do think damage matters because that impacts more of the fight moving forward. So when when there's damage being done. So I agree with you, and I'm not arguing this point to like mm-hmm. be
1: like you're wrong. I'm just trying to get <laughs> I'm trying to even get it for me because that round is so hard, and I I still don't know how I feel about it. But is it not just as damaging to tire someone out for four minutes? You know, and that's kind of how and I'm look-
0: that's and that's a very very interesting point because it's something that uh, Sanko actually brought up on the on the broadcast was the rules do state that damage can consist of quote diminishment of spirit so by that they mean wearing somebody out yeah so yes i i understand that and that's what she was saying it gives the judges some wiggle room of control you know granting somebody uh around because of control yeah because you are taking the other person's will and you you kind of saw that like iron turtle was gassed out Yep. By round three, but he fought through it, and ultimately, I, I thought won round three. Oh yeah. So yeah, I I think, I it's hard to say, and and that's what kind of makes it so fun. My issue with this one is, if you look at Jacob Montalvo's scorecard, who is a he's a ref too, and yeah. on in addition to being a judge, he gave Park round one but did not give him round three. Yeah, this one's all over the place. Yeah, that's the scorecard that I would have a problem with. Like Chris Flores gives Park round three, but not round one. I I would understand that. I do understand that. I don't necessarily understand giving Park round one, but not round three.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one's such such a tough one because I don't have any dog in the fight for this. I just want to see a Mm -hmm. good fight. But Mm -hmm. we do want to feel like on fights that are decisions or close, that there's some measurement that we can say, okay, this is why this fighter won. I think this one, that's why I asked you the question about the choke because it's like, and I actually appreciate the fact that you're like, yeah, if he's in an arm bar and it's like bending his arm, it's different because now can he swing it? It's tough because I think if I rewatch this fight right now and just wasted another... (laughs) you know, 15 minutes of y'all's time just in silence. Went, hmm, I don't know if I would come to the same conclusion. I don't know if I would switch my mind. I don't know if I would have any more uh, information to be like, actually, I think Muniz did win this for sure or part. So hopefully, I mean, that's not my job, but it was a tough one because after that first round, I was like, damn, who won? Like live, I was like, I don't know who won that one.
0: And And maybe I'm getting swayed a little bit by this kind of, Trend that we're seeing in ground and pound now too, where people are throwing more elbows, Mm. and elbows seem so much more impactful. They do, even even if they're blocked, than punches. They do, and like you saw it a lot on this card, Garcia, Tyra, both Parks, Iron Turtle, and and Hyun Sung, right? Like (laughs) that, these guys are dropping elbows, and it just makes it seem so much more impactful on the ground and pound, and I. I like it. I like yeah. that. That's where ground and pound is going. Uh, but yeah, maybe that might've um, swayed me a little bit. But the other thing is we, you know, we can't edit the podcast. We wouldn't have to sit here and. Oh, i would like, make everybody. Wait. No, I'll make everybody
1: <laughs> wait. Well, and, and I think, and we'll, we'll get off this, this topic, but I also think it would be the same as, you know, I've always been like if someone takes someone down and they pop that right, right back up, why are we scoring that? Like, and I think through the year back in the day, it was huge, especially like, back in the 2010s era, mm-hmm. it was like if someone got taken down, you're like, well, you just lost the round. It's not like that anymore, which is good. Yep. But if nothing happens and then a takedown happens, well, I wanted that person to win because they actually got to do something. But if I'm beating you up and then I just take you down for the last minute and just hold you there, why is that person winning the fight? I mean, it'll it's still a growing sport. We'll see it. Yep. And these, these don't happen enough that it's like controversial. I, I think the last really controversial was the... Uh, title fight between Shachenko and Grasso yeah I think that was the last one that I can think of that it was like
0: damn you Mike Bell
1: damn you Mike Bell I was like how are we what are we doing right and and this one yeah what are
0: we doing Mike Bell
1: I don't think this one's as egregious as that one but when we have these types of things it's it's kind of fun to just like figure out like hey man what do you think because then you might sway me and be like, you're right. Elbows. I mean, we just talked about it in a fight previous elbows right. seem worse, especially
0: when someone's bloody, but elbows seem also worse when
1: person's just punching. So
0: yeah, it fosters conversation, which yeah. is always, always nice as well. And so going into our final card of 2023, yay, but boo. Yeah. <laughs> yay, I but mean, boo. yay, because this card is Hawking Fuego. Loaded. Yes, yeah, Fuego. Loaded. I mean, the first fight on the card, Randy Brown, Muslim Salikov. I mean, that's a that's a fight night main card fight. Not a main event, but a main card fight on a on a fight night. That's kicking the card off. Yeah. We're going to talk about quite a few of these fights, but we're not going to talk. We got Cody Garber and Brian Kelleher. Don't have enough time to talk about that. King Casey O'Neal, Ariane Lift. You can't talk about that one. Old touchy-feely <laughs> and Lucas Almeida. Yeah, don't have time to talk about and the fact that all we're all talking about touchy Philly. Come on. Exactly. Come on. Former title challenger, Renee Aldana finally coming back after that fight. Like, Nope, sorry. Don't have enough time because this card is loaded. Yeah. And we are going to see the UFC debut of a very interesting heavyweight prospect. That's Shamil Gazeev coming in undefeated 11 0 10 finishes Uh, You might have seen him on the contender series where he comes out and just drops Velasco immediately, immediately gets his back taken, uh, overcomes that and then just brutalizes Velasco until he gives up the neck to get choked out. He's taking on uh, Martin Budai, who was a highly touted prospect in his own right coming in, but has been a little bit pedestrian. In uh, the UFC, if I'm going to state it nicely, but he is four and zero in the UFC heavyweight division. So you know, right off the bat, going to be an interesting. Hold on, for, s- <laughs> for some reason, calling someone a pedestrian doesn't sound nice at all. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I don't know why you said that was nice. It sounds <laughs> so rude, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, well there's, there's worse ways to say it. First, sure. like you say, he's trash. I, I try to be. Yeah, I try to be respectful, you know. But at heavyweight, when you have three of your four fights, go to a decision. Yeah. That's not what people are looking for. You know, decisions at heavyweight look very different than decisions at flyweight or bantamweight. Um, So, Kaziv has a very good chance here to announce himself. Like if he comes in and puts on an athletic, violent looking performance, that's what we look for in heavyweight. It's not the deepest division. Like you can get yourself in, you know, you get one really intriguing when you might be fighting top 15. If not, all it takes is two.
1: Oh, absolutely. Especially if you're good on the mic. Like imagine Derek Lewis being a nobody right now, like a no a no name to like the UFC crowd or the MMA crowd, and then coming in and just does what he does. He gets one knockout and gets on the mic. You're like, well, this guy. What, the little bit of uh, Shamil that I, I was able to do research on, like obviously he's a heavyweight. He has a heavyweight power wrestler. but From what little I've seen is might have cardio problems. And like I said, this is a very small sample. I I don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of research from my end on this guy. And his striking defense might not be the best. And you don't want to see that in a heavyweight because they hit hard as shit. Yeah. but Budai does not, though. That's what I was just about to say is that you're fighting Budai. You're like, okay, well, maybe I don't have to worry about that. I can impose my will. We'll see what happens. What I don't want to see is like a guy with potential cardio issues having a three round fight and a heavyweight and you're like,
0: Oh no. no, Yes. Yeah. And that's why. Gazeev has the power. So I'm hoping. Yes. uh, Yeah. I'm hoping we don't see a, you know, 15 minute after the first four minutes, it's a little rough to watch heavyweight type fight, but that's why I want to see it. Let's keep our hopes up. Yeah. Because we, we have
1: enough fights on this car that's like, okay, we can have a bad one here and there, but I want to see sometimes i want to see some heavyweight violence.
0: Yeah, well, one fight that it definitely they are not going to gas out. Uh, Ulambekov taking on Cody Durden at Flyway. It's actually a top 15 matchup here. Durden just got into the rankings uh, last week, so you have Tagir at number 13, Durden at number 15. But you We're said a high, oh, I'm sorry, you said this, these guys aren't going to gas out.
1: Isn't like Khabib's camp known for not having a gas tank? <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 no, just you know, kind of strikers that gas out pretty early. Yeah, pedestrian uh-huh. wrestling. <laughs> yes, yes. <pedestrian laughs> That's what to used wrestling. it. I was going to use it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, Ulam is, is special. Yeah. He has that that one loss in the UFC to Tim Elliott where, you know, Tim, Tim Elliott is one of those guys, kind of like Leon Edwards a little bit, where like if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, <laughs> where there's always like one or two things every fight. We're like, ah, that, yeah. you know, that wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, but it was a... Controversial decision. That's when Khabib was actually in uh, Ulanbekov's corner and was like screaming because it was holding the gloves yeah, a, for a sure. lot. And the thing with Ulanbekov though, is he fights once a year. He's had six canceled fights in the UFC and every single one has been on his end, him pulling out of the fight. So like you don't get a lot of opportunities from this guy. But he is a smothering, smothering grappler, which we don't always see at Flyweight because of just how well people scramble yeah. and, you know, little spider monkeys. But it's <laughs> like this is an opportunity on a huge, huge card, right? The The eyes that are going to be on this one just as a result of who we have on the main card, you have an opportunity here to put on a very good performance against the top 15 guy, especially after Elliot put on a great performance, Tyra put on a great performance last week, like you have a chance to kind of make a name for yourself and then potentially catapult yourself into fighting a top 10 guy.
1: Well, I wrote down two questions for you Mm -hmm. for, how do you say his last name? Tagir?
0: Yeah, you could say Tagir. I'll say Tagir. Yeah, for Tagir.
1: Do you think... Do you think Cody Durden can outstrike him? And do you think that Tagir can impose his wrestling on Cody Durden? This is Cody Durden's no slouch. So we can say that Tagir has this great wrestling and he does, but let's not forget who Cody Durden is. Right? Like, So do you yeah. think that let's just say for some reason the wrestling's negated. Who wins in striking? My opinion is kind of Durden. I feel mm-hmm. like Durden kind of wins that battle. And I would assume, and this is me being biased, that Tagir is going to out-wrestle
0: him, but what do you think? It, to me, it, it is genuinely hard, hard to say because yeah. I think I do think Durden probably carries a, a little more of the power mm-hmm. than, than Tagir, right? Like Tagir's game is take you down, position, pressure, get the submission. So I do think Durden would, if this fight does not go to the ground, that Durden would have the advantage standing there. Now, when you look at the game of Ulanbekov, he's just going to keep going. He's going to yep. keep fighting for that takedown. But Durden, in his own right, is a very, very good grappler. 80% takedown mm. defense, right? Mm. Has more uh, takedowns, I believe it is, on average here than uh, Ulanbekov. Yeah, more more takedowns per fifteen minutes than Bekov Granted, part of that is when you look at the takedowns he had, like the Jake Hadley fight. You know, Hadley was was not prepared for that Carlos Mata, and then really the one that kind of pats Durden's stats a little bit is the, the Charles Johnson fight, yeah. where yeah. he was, you know, I mean, eleven eleven takedowns is uh, a lot on eighteen attempts. Yeah, so he has the gas tank. Now, that being said, if Durden can stuff Ulam Bekoff's takedowns, like that's very impressive. And that is a good progression here for Durden, who, you know, has the loss actually lost to Gutierrez up a weight class, but has the loss to Muhammad Makayev. But since then, JP Bays, Carlos Mota, Charles Johnson, Jake Hadley continued progression, steps up in competition, and has passed all of those tests. I mean, we highlighted jake hadley on this show for the for his fight against durden yep durden said nah hey jared dj what y'all talking <laughs> and, <laughs> the fuck yeah, you're talking and, <laughs> and once again we're highlighting his opponent more so than him on this one uh but i do think yeah this would be a huge huge win for durden if he gets it because who is Ulan bekov's one loss in the ufc tim elliott yeah so you're putting yourself into that category yeah and then another top 15 matchup. Uh, this one, the fighters are slightly larger at the light heavyweight Shit. division. And this is just going to be fun. We got Dustin Jacoby and Alonzo Menafield. And is it Jacoby?
1: I was listening to someone, they said Jacoby, and I was like, it can't be Jacoby. It's got to be Jacoby, right? Yeah, no, shame on whoever was Yeah, it was a British heat. person. So, oh, know, okay. Sometimes, yeah. you know, the, I also watched a British person say Micro Wave instead of Micro Wave. Mm, so and con- controversy. Yes, controversy. <laughs> yeah. Jacoby throws a lot of lay kicks. Now, the fun thing about getting prepared for fights is rewatching fights and <sighs> rewatching Roundtree. Maybe should have beaten him. <laughs> like Maybe should have yeah. won that one. Am I wrong? Yeah.
0: No, I I don't think so. I think there is an argument. God, because I'm sitting here uh, like kind of like now. riding
1: on this Roundtree hype train, and I'm watching the fight. and I'm like, well, clear, and I'm like, oh my God, did Roundtree lose this fight? You know, it's like I'm yeah. kind of whispering to myself. But anyways, has a lot of you know really good leg kicks. Um, I, I I honestly think Minifield has good takedowns, but Jacoby has good takedown defense, and Minifield has cardio issue. So what are we doing? You know, like this just feels like
0: a fight where Jacoby goes, I'm still in your spot. This is what it feels like. Yeah, I I think Menafield's chance, like I don't want to say chance because that sounds disrespectful, like he's only kind of got like a shot to win this. You just said victory and his- <laughs> don't talk about disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think his best path to victory, shall we say, okay. is on the feet and hurting Jacoby to get it to the ground. Yeah. And Jacoby's a a gl- former glory kickboxer. <laughs> yeah, right? like he is a high, high level kickboxer. I believe he actually fought Paga in in kickboxing. So oh. he is a high level kickboxer. And when you look at the physiques, you would think Metafield is has the more power, just muscled up, dude. But when you see the shot that Jacoby dropped in zechaku with or hurt in zechaku with, like that's there's real power there, oh, yeah, you know. And so, yeah,. I, I'm glad, I mean, not for Nzachiku, but glad for Jacoby that the loss to Azamat Mertzakhanov after the Roundtree loss was much more decisive. Yeah, And that was when we it's like, oh, no, did Roundtree beat Jacoby twice? You know, did, did that L, you know, get in his head and kind of it, it was not like a bloody, bloody war, but you're absorbing shots from Roundtree for 15 minutes. And then he loses to Murtzakanoff and it's like, oh no, is this the end of that streak we saw of Jacoby? I like the way but you I don't just, think so.
1: I just like the way you posed that. Did he lose twice to somebody? That's a good I, I think I think we can use that for a lot of fighters, but this is really appropriate to be like I, I think Gutierrez might be in a position like that his next
0: fight, right? It could be. What do I, I really like that I'm stealing it? Yeah, go for it <laughs> that's that that phrase came to mind with uh it's a good one. Stipe and Gano won because Gano didn't lose to Derek Lewis. He lost to Stipe a second time oh, right? because yeah, yeah. he was gun-shy yeah. as all hell yeah. after that fight with Stipe. Uh, but this fight, two guys that are not gun-shy, they have 33 wins between the two of them, 21 are knockouts. So now they're both tough, resilient dudes, so there might not be a finish, but what there are going to be are fireworks. Like, yeah. This is going to be a fun stand-up, just drag-out kind of fight. Hopefully, yeah. Now, (laughs) yeah. Hopefully, of course, it's going to be like a freaking Derek Lewis and Ganu fight, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then a clash of styles in our featured prelim. Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell, and this is Bryce Mitchell stepping in on short notice because this was supposed to be Emmett versus Giga Chikadze, which it's sad. Right. Because Chikadze had been out so long with injuries. And then you saw there's the video out there of him tearing his groin. Like, it's unfortunate because we said it after his last fight. Like, oh, we want to see Chikadze fighting yes. again. Like, we hope he stays healthy. And sorry if we jinxed you, buddy. Um, because <laughs> Well, he
1: also booked himself, too. So it's not like he's
0: just sitting on the sidelines. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate. And to have a yeah. video of it, it's like, dang. <laughs> yeah, and you're getting it more and more, right? Like we yeah. saw it with John Jones, too, just because everyone's filming their yeah. their training now. Uh, yeah, it, it's like we also saw it with uh, Nurmagomedov with uh, Umar. Yep. You know, for before the Sandhagen fight. But this is a very interesting stylistic matchup. Like we know the game plan for both of these guys. There's no secrets. There's nothing funky. Josh Emmett is going to wing Hooks trust that his chin is better than yours and just wade into the fire. Like that's what this dude does. And he has the power to one touch separate you from consciousness. I want to speak on that. Yeah. It's been a long time since he's done that. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, he
1: does have this thing about him, but when you look back, it's like 2019 as the last TKO stoppage he has before that, you know, same year he has a KO. He has that, ability, but he hasn't proven that he still can do it. Bryce Mitchell gets hit in the fucking face a lot.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing is Emmett hasn't really done it since the competition has increased. Yeah. You know, when you look at the people that he has fought and not knocked out, now you're you're talking about Ilya Taporia, who he lost what yes, yeah. doesn't get knocked out. Yeah. You know, you look at uh, Yair Rodriguez. Guess what? Doesn't really get knocked out. He beat Calvin Cater, but Calvin Cater doesn't get knocked out. Yeah. Right? A- ask Max Holloway. Oh, I say Max Holloway proved that. Yeah. Dan Ige, same thing. Mm-hmm. And the only time that we've seen Shane Burgos go out was that re- really weird kind of delayed reaction. Like he got knocked out the next day. <laughs> it was really yeah, 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 yeah. So... Who knows? Like, I think he still carries that power, but it, it's also one of those things. Once you start getting into top five, top 10, those guys do not go out the same. It's one of the reasons they're up there is toughness, right? And Josh Emmett saying that one of the reasons he's up there, is he's tough as shit. shit. That fight with Ilya Taporia was a ass beating. I mean, he got beat up. And they're asking him before the fifth round, like, can you fight? Because his eye is, it's closed. Like, yeah, the yeah. fact that they let him fight is pretty, pretty <laughs> wild. Rude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But his eye is closed. And they ask him if he wants to fight, and he goes, of course. Yeah. right. Like, no hesitation in there. That is going to keep him in fights. Now, Bryce Mitchell, you're talking about a guy who has one loss in his deal. Yeah. And he's somebody who gets touched, but has not gone out. Yep. I mean, Ige hit him clean. Oh, he bled him out. up. Yeah. He blooded him up. Now,
1: Bryce Mitchell is on short notice, so how is this cardio in between camps? You know, like you you always have this. I just maybe I just have a respect for like that wrestler background that they're gonna have that mental toughness regardless. Yeah. But you only can do so much. Your your body can only do so much. Your mind can take you there. I just feel like if Mitchell can't get him down, it's potentially gonna be a long three rounds for him. Because I don't know, I don't see a world where they're standing in front of each other and Emmitt's losing that battle, but I can see him leaning him on the cage and like Mitchell leaning Emmitt on the cage and like
0: beating him up that way. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he can get him down, man. I I think he can. Watching the Teporia fight, I I think he can okay. because and granted, part of it was he was getting beat up by Teporia. Yeah, but. Round five, Teporia just shoots for the takedown, and it's not difficult. It just takes him down. And old Thug Nasty is going to chain wrestle. He sure. showed it in the Dan Ige fight where, you know, tried to take him down a few times. Ige, great takedown defense, but he just kept going, and by the end of it, he was taking Ige down. And I think point. I think he has that to him. The one time we've seen it where he kind of gassed out was, once again, to Teporia, and he was on antibiotics, had the flu, yeah. like which I'm not going to ever try not to dive into like politics and stuff, but surprised that Bryce Mitchell would be willing to take antibiotics. (laughs) Um, That's a good point. Yeah. But the, I think that Emmett is a more dangerous version of Danny gay, but I don't know if he has the takedown defense of Danny gay. And so I think the way I see it playing out, and feel free to steal my picks here, um, <laughs> is I think I think Bryce Mitchell's just going to chain and chain and chain until he gets him on the ground, and Bryce Mitchell fucking cooks people. So pick him. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You guys will have to go to X at number one BS pod on Friday to see the fight picks. <laughs> uh, and then once we get to the main card, every single fight is of consequence. Is fucking awesome. The first fight of the main card, we have a top ten welterweight showdown between former training partners Vicente Luque and Ian Machado. Gary, I, I, Ooh. on okay. So rewatching
1: the Luque fight, which re- Luke fight? I'm sorry, the Luque versus Dos Anjos fight. Okay, My apologies. Rewatching that, I remember watching it live, and you know, you're wondering, is he going to be gun shy? What's going to look like? But Dos Anjos grinded him and, and, and made it like it, down the stretch. Now, this is a three round fight. I just don't see a world where Machado Gary doesn't, doesn't Machado Gary all over this guy. I, I honestly, I honestly, I don't want to not put respect on Luke's name, but it feels like it's Gary's time. I feel like with all his personal stuff, which we don't need to get into, but he has a point to prove. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's a better fighter. Unfortunately, you know, in his young career, it's it's tough to say that to like someone that's fought. But man, I I was really thinking before we started this podcast. I I don't have too many notes on this fight because I'm really thinking like, what do I expect? And I can't get out of my head that I just expect Gary to show out, and yeah. I mean, it could be just complete bias. I just don't see a world where we watch that fight. And it's like Luke pulled this one out. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. However, there are certain dangers for IMG in this fight that he has not had to overcome yet. Now, these guys train together, so like obviously they know each other a yep. little bit better. These guys know, at least in the gym, not necessarily when the lights come on, but IMG does seem like the kind of guy when the lights come on, he gets better. Yep. But they, they know, right? Mm-hmm. Going into this fight, these guys know. But IMG in the UFC so far, has not had to deal with the power that Luque carries and has not had to deal with the danger in the scrambles that Luke presents. Luque is the kind of guy that will scramble and all of a sudden you find yourself in a darts. Sure. All of a sudden you find yourself in a bad position. And so I'm not saying that IMG is going to lose this fight. He's the faster fighter. Jeff Neal put out a blueprint there yeah. for you know, how to damage uh, Vicente Luque. The the left hand was money to the point where it, it caused a brain bleed. I mean, Vicente Luque had a brain bleed, a brain hemorrhage, and they told him before the RDA fight, like, listen, if we think you're in danger at all, we're stopping this fight. Scary like, shit. That's man. how serious it was. Yeah. So there is that blueprint of the left hand. But until we've seen IMG do it, we don't know if he can. Yeah, and so this is a test that there's dangers there, and we always talk about it. Once you start moving up, you're not going to be able to get these guys out of there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? There's there's levels. We've said it many times today. <laughs> there are levels. He passed the Neil Magny test with flying colors. Oh my God, I mean, he had him hurt with the first calf kick. Yeah, very first one hurt, and then he was responding the rest of the time, but he couldn't get Magny out of there. Yep. You're right right and and so there is he going to be able to get luke out of there i don't know but this is a a definite step up for him and there are tests there are dangers present that have not been there for him in his previous ufc fights and that's what's intriguing about it to me on paper and the hype and all of that oh yeah img all the way but this is one of those kind of sneaky ones with a veteran where we just don't like. Would it surprise you if IMG hurts Luke, A, rushes in wild scramble? Luke A snatches something. No,
1: it, it wouldn't surprise me. I just, like I said, when I was really thinking about it and like, what do I really think about this fight today for the podcast? I'm like, what? I just, I just have, you can steal my picks now. I would have to pick IMG right now,
0: right? I would just have to pick them.
1: I mean, I don't have to because. So far ahead of you in
0: the picks, but do what I want. Uh, it's three, okay. It's so and much. last I checked, the main card is five fights. But that's so, so much, though. That's so much, though. Three so much. We'll see. We'll see. It's practically same energy next week. It's all I'm saying. Same I, energy. Okay, because you're picking first this week. Uh, just to <laughs> let everybody know, I always pick first and it's not fair. and steal my picks, forcing <laughs> me to change. But no, 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 no it's cool. Whatever.
1: Um, but you said all of the fights on the main card are fights of consequence. I disagree with you as much on this next one: Tony Ferguson versus Patty Bimblet. But I have a question to you, you, man: Is it crazy to pick Tony? Like, let's let's be real about this. The people that Tony have lost to in his unfortunately long was it six fight losing
0: fight losing streak. the
1: only one really that you're like is a little suspect. No disrespect, is Nate Diaz right? That's the one that you're like, okay, but. To lose to Gaethje, Oliveira, Darius, Chandler in a row. Okay, you're not losing to slouches. You're losing to people that were like, right, "Who's going to get the next title shot?" And Darius, unfortunately, has two pretty bad losses in a row. But Gaethje is the BMF. He yeah. lost to
0: the BMF. <laughs> yeah, right. the baddest. For those of you that don't know, the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. Uh, so, which, which means, hey, hey, John Jones, sorry. Do you have a BMF belt? <laughs> no. no. Alex Pajeda, real cool with your middleweight and light heavyweight belts in 11 UFC fights. I mean, that's cool, but do you have the BMF belt? No. No. No, you don't. So, so what we're trying to say is there's no
1: shame in losing to Justin Gates. Exactly. So Ferguson lost to the BMF. He lost to Oliveira,
0: Dariush, Chandler. Nate Diaz. And he my... looked good round one against Chandler. Sure, until but, he ate that horrible kick to the face. But that's the problem is that that's his highlight is mm-hmm. like the
1: slow mo- or the still picture of his face looks like it's it's crazy. Dude. Nate Diaz is a little suspect, and he even fought weird in that one, right? Yeah. Bobby... What? Wait,
0: wait, wait. <laughs> Tony Ferguson fought
1: weird? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, huh? you know, him coming out and be like, I just said, oh, it's his retirement. You can win. It's like, you're delusional. Yeah. Losing to Bobby Green, I mean, that's when he looked like he spazzed out. So he's not losing to slouches. I poke, okay? Yeah. But Pimlet. Fights with his chin in the air and he gets hit. And one thing that mm-hmm. Tony can do is hit you. And even with all these losses, we haven't seen Tony get tired really. It's not like he's just wearing out. He still has that. Now he's training with David Goggins. We'll see if that's you know, I understand fighters being concerned because they're like, Tony Ferguson's tough mentally. We don't we don't need to test his mental toughness. That cardio's not an issue. Yeah, it's not it's not an issue. But also, but also I will look differently, and this is just me being an asshole, kind of. But if Patty Pimblet loses, I'm like, oh, bro, you're never, you're never. Mm-hmm. This is it for you, right? Like, yeah. it, so. But Tony can win. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to see this fight still, though. I'm sorry, I don't want to see it before I before you
0: continue. I don't need to see Tony Ferguson fight ever again. But go ahead. Correct, correct. He's like in BJ Penn territory now, where it's like this was a guy that we were talking about as an all time great lightweight, and now correct for people that just started watching. With the pandemic or like this guy, yeah. which is, it's sad to see sucks. Um, but yeah, it's weird to say Ferguson does have a puncher's chain. I know. Right? Like that's his path to victory. I don't think he'll out grapple Pimlet just cause that is, you know, Patty's strength. But as you said, his chin's in the air, right? His hands are low. Now scousers don't get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, so there, sure. there, there is that, uh, but I, I think this is probably the most favorable matchup for El Kikui Yep, in a very, very long time. And, and so there is that aspect to him. I mean, Pimlet talked about it. Like This is a lose-lose for him, right? You beat Tony Ferguson. It's Ferguson's seventh consecutive loss. What does that tell us? Yeah. Or you lose to Tony Ferguson after he lost six in a row. So like either way, this really is a lose lose for Patty and it's not even press conference. It's going to be weird. Oh, because like Tony <laughs> will talk shit and like Patty will talk shit back. But also but, like Patty was really respectful in the lead up to the Jared Gordon fight of Jared Gordon. He was talking shit to everybody else. But like to Jared Gordon, because he's like, this is, you know, I, I don't have anything bad to say about this man. So it'll be interesting in this pot or the press conference in general is going to be wild uh just because of all the people on here colby, colby um you know patty img tony ferguson will say something strange like is, like this is it's gonna be a weird <laughs>
1: when not only press were, conference
0: not only will ferguson to say something
1: strange but i won't be able to understand patty's re, re, rebuttal to it you know it's just going to be yeah, like two guys talking a liver accent <laughs> yeah but you know i actually heard a take on this last night or it might have been two nights. it doesn't matter Within the past couple of days, and they're like, you know, Patty thinks it's a lose lose, but it's not because in a world where Tony Ferguson wins tomorrow, the crowd is going to go crazy. They're going to, they, people still are Tony fans. Yeah. So that's a head that you have, regardless of the six, the people there that are watching, the people that don't watch every UFC event, they're seeing you beat Tony Ferguson. It's not so much of a lose lose of his uh, as much anymore because he still gets that scalp. And this is the biggest scalp that he has right now because the Jared Gordon fight. Do you think he won? No. That's what I'm saying. So, like, then you go beat Tony Ferguson, then you're back on the graces of the win column and people being like, yo, he beat Tony. And then people have to go and be like, oh, he's lost seven in a row, he's gone. But it doesn't matter, you beat Tony. It is still a lose-lose in my mind, but trying to look on the bright side for Patty, it's like, well, you know what? Actually, you beat
0: Tony Ferguson. And that's something to say. Yeah, it's intriguing because there's paths to victory for both of these guys. Yep. But I I would be lying if I said this is a fight that like I I want to see solely for the fact of who El Kakui was. Yeah. And I, you know, Patty will engage in a firefight like if he gets hit, he has for all his like goofiness. He has that fight in him, where when yes. he gets tagged, he bites down and just starts throwing. And so there is the potential once again for Tony to. To take damage and, and like i just i don't want to see that anymore like i said it, it reminds me because bj Penn was one of my favorite fighters of all time el kukui too and like to see this already saw it once i don't i'm tired of seeing this again for you know a, a fighter that i really really enjoy their career
1: now i know so. i know bj Penn's one of your favorite fighters and obviously hawaiians is that because you're such a big fan of the native hawaiian dog the bounty hunter yeah, of okay, course. Yeah, that's, what yeah, thought, that's what I thought. Yeah. I just want to make sure.
0: Yeah, it's 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 about the brotherhood, you know, for, <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, always gotta support the Hawaiians and dog the bounty hunter and Beth R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, so now when we you want to talk about a fight of consequence uh, and and very typical UFC matchmaking, we have an absolute terminator, like a cyborg, a scary violent human being in Shavkat, Rachmanov taking on the nicest guy in the world (laughs) in in Wonderboy, the nicest man in combat sports. Uh, It's going to be interesting. We got number five versus number six at welterweight, but man, I don't, which by the way, for those of you keeping track because of the championship as well, we have three top 10 welterweight matchups on this card. What
1: a fun, like we've been seeing that we saw flyweights. We could see Bantam weights, fight, fight, fight. This is a good one. I, I don't want to be an ageist, but like mm-hmm. eventually, does Wonder Boy look old? Right? Like, when, when does Wonder Boy look old? You don't want to look old against this guy. He has mm-hmm. great takedown defense, but Shavkot will mix up wrestling and grappling and striking. Wonder Boy doesn't get taken down too much. Does Shavkot get him down? Does Shavkot even want to get him down? Right? You know, like, how confident is he that I can stand up with this guy?
0: Yeah, I, I think. Couple things that we're gonna have to to factor in to that answering that question. The first of which is so Shavkat at 17 and zero. he now has nine submissions and eight knockouts. So sorry, Wonder Boy, you're probably gonna get knocked out here just to even things up. But then watching the Wonder Boy Kevin Holland fight. Kevin Holland was taking him down. Yeah. Now, granted, they had this gentleman's agreement of like don't take each other down until the very end when there's like a minute left and Wonderboy's like, fuck this, I'm getting the dub. Yeah. Um, took him down, When he had him hurt, took him down, just really beat on him. Um, but the... So I think Shavkot can take him down. Yeah. I mean, Shavkot in the clinch is so nasty. What he did to Neil Magny, he mauled him. He has different level strength. Yeah. Right? I mean, he, he went for... The guillotine with 10 seconds left in the round. And with three seconds left, you have you have a tap. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is scary. What he did to Jeff Neal, where he kind of had the back. I call it a big brother chip, because it was almost just kind of like a you know, like a headlock. <laughs> yeah, you know, like a I mean, it was a rear naked but off to the side and just yeah. bullied him. Yeah. And then I I just don't know where one, how Wonder Boy can win outside of pointing him because Shavkot ate clean shots from Jeff Neal, multiple clean shots. Need I remind you the type of shots that gave Vicente Luque a brain hemorrhage? <laughs> and Shavkot ate those and smiled at Yeah, him. The man doesn't give a fuck. He got his mouthpiece knocked out. And, you know, you have fighters that are like, hey, ref, he didn't even bother mentioning it. You had DC and Megan O'Leary and Joe Rogan and Anik like screaming at her being from the side about Shavkot's mouthpiece being out because Shavkot's eating clean shots from Jeff Neal with no mouthpiece did not think twice about it, which is just absolutely insane.
1: I mean, I, I guess one of boys path of victory is like trying to maintain that distance, you know, just not letting him get close but i don't know man this this could be this could be a rough one for wonder boy it could be i know you're choosing wonder boy for this so it's <laughs> just like <letting laughs> you know this, is,
0: this could be here i'm trying to reverse psychology here. yeah well i figured it out because i'm down three in order for for me to complete the the rise the resurrection we can only agree on one, and so this this might need to be the one. <laughs> um, but and to take nothing away from Wonder Boy, he doesn't give up on himself. When you look at the Balal fight, yep. right? Like he he got out grappled the whole fight, but did not give up on himself and fought his way to his feet in the last minute. Got some clean strikes off. He's still dangerous on the feet, but I just I mean Shavkat, he's one of those guys that as you've watched along the way. He's passed every test, and we haven't really had to worry about the what happens when he's hurt test because he's eating clean shots from monsters and just walking through them. It's a problem. Yes, this is exciting. This is a very, I mean, if Shavkot puts on that kind of performance, I hope Bilal gets the next title shot. I hope (sighs) Bilal gets the next title shot. But if he goes out here and starches Wonder Boy. That's the kind of thing where the UFC rewards that kind of shit. Yeah, but I just, hope they don't if yeah. that happens because Bilal deserves it. But mm, let's just give it to Bilal and let's just talk about these
1: title fights, man. Go ahead. Pantosia versus Roy Val. Yes. I raw will, dog. Raw dog. Could this nope. be the year of the raw dog? <laughs> the year <laughs> of the raw dog. Yeah. Uh, mm go ahead and talk about this man this is this is a rematch that this is this is the fight to make in this division this is absolutely yeah
0: absolutely pantoja what he did to to moreno was very very impressive because he sprinted yeah to start the fight and then it looked like he was gassed out yep in those middle rounds but then for him to overcome what he did Looked like he was gassed out and took round five, essentially knowing like, hey, I need to take this round to get get the dub and did it. Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about this guy, because he is somebody who. Bit of a front runner, right? Like his fight against Roy Val finished him in the second round and so was always that kind of bully. And we talked about it last week with Joachim Silva, where. As you start to fade and the guy gets the better of you, what is your response? Pantoja has championship mental. Yep, he has it, and he has nasty power. Yep, he has. I mean, black belt like true black black belt level grappling. Mm-hmm. He has all of that, but Raw Dog is so the pace that he is going to put on you from. Start to finish is unbelievable. Yeah. Constant scrambles. I mean, if you get his back, he's go- He's going for the role. He's trying to Granby roll out of it, yeah. right? Like, he lives in the chaos. And now, granted, Pantoja was able to get the back in their fight. But the only time that I've seen Old Raw Dog not just perpetual motion is when uh, Bontarine was able to kind of control him in the grappling throughout that fight. But then hey, guess what? At the end of that fight, all of that scrambling and trying to to hold down the the greased pig <laughs> that, that is Raw Dog. <laughs> it wore on him. Yep. And Raw Dog finished the fight on top dropping elbows. He has he also has that elbow instinct in yep. ground and pound which is awesome. Dropping elbows on Bonterre's face. And it's not just in the transition on the ground for him. It's in the transition on the feet. What he did to Mateusz Nicolau with the knee, boom, clipped him through the hand as he was stepping through, dropped him like that. It is constant chaos with this guy. And so I, if he weathers the storm, and it's not a five round thing because these are lower weight classes. If he weathers the first 10 minutes, now pantojas championship mental is going to be put to the test again yeah and uh, this is going to be
1: a wild take you might disagree they these are both fairly aggressive fighters i think Vail has the edge on aggression a little bit i think i think just watching it, rewatching watching these fights first of all sometimes i'm just going to admit sometimes watching like some of these fights again to, to catch up i'm like ah You hit a boring fight. We're going to talk about Colby just because Colby might not be boring, but they're just long 25 minute Mm -hmm. fights, all of them. Roy Val, you're like, I'm, oh my God. Oh my God. It's just like, this is so fun to rewatch. And I don't like to rewatch things, but it just feels like I'm like, dang. You know, in the UFC, Roy Val's lost to Moreno and Pantoja. Not two bad people to have
0: losses to. But the Moreno was a shoulder injury and then he was getting
1: punched. Yep. But what is it? Is it, is it one of these things that Pantoja has the mental edge because I beat you before? Is it one of these things that Pantoja has the mental edge because I'm the champion and it levels up, right? Like, we kind of saw it with Edwards. Edwards mm-hmm. re- refighting Uzman. it was a different thing. Or is it one of those things that Roy Val is just his moment? I don't, I honestly, we talk, we've been joking about fight picks and stuff. I don't know because there's this one thing, that I saw with the Moreno Pantoja fight where I'm like I just feel like Pantoja leveled up but I think some of it's the mental thing that you're talking about but that doesn't mean Roy Val doesn't have it that doesn't mean he doesn't have that shit this is such a necessary rematch in a division that we saw Moreno rematch four times in a row you know <laughs> and this is man if this was the main event I wouldn't be mad I wouldn't be mad. I understand why they're not doing it. Colby's a voice, and they're bigger mm-hmm. weight divisions, but who's grown more? I hate to say who's grown more because they both have grown, but who's going to out-chest the other person, I think is is going to be one of the big answers. And Let's say Pantoja goes out there and stops him quick. Then you're like, okay, well, then he's he's the guy. If Rory Val wins it, then we get to say the year of the Raw talks. So on okay yeah. either way, yeah. man.
0: Broad dog going in 2024. <laughs> um, but the the thing about it is Roy Vow's never out of the fight. Like that's know. the thing about the chaos that he brings, is he could be getting he could be losing the fight, but unless he has tapped out or is unconscious one way or the other, he's not out of the fight because of those moments of chaos. He yep. can catch you. And we saw it with the Kai Kaikara France fight. Kekar France, who has at 125 has serious power, mm-hmm. dropped him and thought he had the victory. And Roy Val was like, Nope, yeah. we're going full Tasmanian devil. And that's what I think of when I see Roy Val fight is it's just like a fucking tornado and there's with that limbs flying and shit happens. Um, but that's all of a sudden he stepped out of that tornado with the victory, right? Yep. And so that is what's so intriguing here. Pantoja's a little, I mean, they're flyweight. So there's always going to be pace and chaos. But Pantoja's a little more of what we think of of higher weight class fighters yep. where he's putting everything into his strikes. Part of the reason he gassed out a little bit uh in the the Moreno fight, which by the way Moreno is weighing in as the alternate on this one. But the cool, but I want to see these two fight. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But what happened in that fight was during those times, I mean Moreno is a boxer at heart. So when Pantoja was a little tired, he was getting his face boxed off. Yeah. If you're tired and there's a the mental lapses are starting to come here and there, it's a lot more consequential in transitions. Yep. In those moments of chaos, as opposed to like, oh, I'm tired and my defenses aren't quite there, as opposed to like making somebody think and react yep. to wild shit going on. This is since this fight was announced on on all you know message boards all those kinds of things whenever people are, what's the fight you're looking forward to? This one. Yeah, this is this is the one that I've been looking forward to the most of any fight this year since it was announced. Yeah, this is this is huge. This is just huge for like this is those heart that we talk
1: about it. They're walking to the cage, our hearts are beating. You and I are probably texting each other like hold shit here it goes. And then mm-hmm. Like making sure there's no distraction for that moment to be like I want to be like glued. This is a great fight, and then unfortunately, you know, you might have Moreno winning his next fight. You know, it's it's this
0: division is just fun. It's just yeah, fun. then we have Moreno Albazi, Al-Bazi. I on I on the outside name. looking yeah. in, and so if Albazi wins that, cool. That's a brand new challenger we now have. Or if Moreno wins that, regardless of who wins this fight, because Moreno-Pantoja, arguably fight of the year, (sighs) if it wasn't its three best fights of the year, Mm -hmm. you know? So you have that rematch. Cool. Or you have the Moreno-Royval rematch where Royval got hurt in the first fight. So cool. So Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So cool. (laughs) Flyweight. It is just awesome. Yeah. At, at this point, there's so many intriguing matchups. The skill level so high, and I love it because of the pace, because of the chaos that that happens in some of these fights. And we have chaos in our main event. Say, speaking of chaos, <laughs> yeah, old Colby <laughs> Chaos Covington, which is weird because he does not have a chaotic style, um, taking on old Rocky Edwards, and this is one that. I another one where I genuinely don't know how it's gonna play out. Okay, but let's let's before we talk about this fight, how did this
1: even get happen? Like, how did this even happen? His last five and a half years ago, Colby Covington fought a UFC fighter that's still on the roster. <laughs> it's insane, right? It is insane. Yeah. Um I think I think it's a shame because Bilal should be in this position. Mm-hmm. That's why I hope that no matter what happens, they give it to Bilal. Hmm. But talking about this matchup, I'm just going to pose the question. It almost feels weird cuz if Covington wins, do you feel he's the best welterweight on the planet? You know what I'm saying is it's, it's yes. the, and, and that doesn't matter, right? When when Connor won the lightweight belt, we didn't feel he was the best lightweight, but he was whatever. That that's not a problem. Yeah, right matchup, all that. But yeah. here's the thing though. Colby can win this fight because Colby I think Colby can compete and beat anybody in the welterweight division. I think Leon can compete and beat anybody in the welterweight division. It's not a bad matchup at all. Dude, it's not a bad matchup. I think there's some, I think there's some questions that are different than the Uzman fight for Leon Edwards. I think the difference that Colby does that Uzman doesn't is Colby will try to take you down all night. Uzman doesn't yeah. mind standing up. Colby will put you against the cage. You buck him off. He goes back. You buck him off. He goes back. He, you punch him. He comes back. Does Edwards have the
0: gas tank for it? Yeah, you know? that—that's what I'm. The gas tank and the in the distance; those yes. are the two things that are going to make this fight because Colby does not have the range of an Usman, mm-hmm. not quite as long. And I think, plus, I mean, Colby does throw some kicks, but not a ton. He he had actually switching to an orthodox stance to try to get the calf kick on Usman mm-hmm. in, in their second fight early on, until it till it really wasn't working, but the. He's primarily a boxer. And so Leon Edwards has great footwork. He used that to dictate range against Usman. Now, but as the fight went on, Usman was able to get into range to go for the takedowns. And it was it was Edwards' takedown defense that was then showing up. Yep. But early on in the fight, that it was fought at Edwards's pace. Mm-hmm. So if Colby comes out and just pace, pace, pace right away, which he will, he might shoot for seven takedowns in the first round and get them all stuffed. Yep. But round two, round three, round four, round five, is Edwards still going to be able to do that? And we know Edwards is never out of a fight. Headshot dead, right? Like we all, we all know it. But. How brutal was that during the second Usman fight? The whole crowd just chanting, headshot dead. You want to talk (laughs) about
1: a mental... But here's the thing, and Edwards broke in that first Usman fight. He looked broken. Obviously, (laughs) he didn't give up, but he looked... I mean, the commentating before the beginning of the fifth round was sad to hear to, to mm-hmm. hear about a professional fighter. Like, he's broken. You know, DC's really just being like, this is what it looks like when a man's broken. It's what it looked like. And sure, he got the head kick, the 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 highlight reel of all highlight reels. Mm-hmm. But Colby Covington can break you that way too. And let's also not forget that in a three-round fight with Nate Diaz, when he got hit at the end, and he's a little bit more... Oh, sorry, oh, 5, five. Or, Yeah, 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 you're right. When he got hit at the end, and Diaz... I don't even think he punched him. Did he smack him or did he punch him? It doesn't matter. Edwards was tired. Colby's yes. gonna get you tired. Now, Edwards leveled up too.
0: Mm-hmm. I just
1: this one's so hard to say because there's that little bit of personality bias, and I'm like, man, fuck Colby Kevin today. I hope he loses. <laughs> but let's just talk about his fighting. Like you're saying, if he starts to take him down seven times, oh well, okay, you stopped all seven. I'm coming for seven more. You know, mm-hmm. you better hit me. Colby does get hit though.
0: Kobe gets he hit. He does. Yeah. He does. One of the things that's a little interesting about this, though, is the best striking we've seen from Colby was that Robbie Lawler fight. Oh, yeah. And that was another southpaw because he was able to fire the jab. Mm. And that's going to be the case here. Now, Edwards changes, changes stances a little more, but he's naturally a southpaw. And like I said, Colby started changing stances a little bit against Usman. But is Edwards going to go to regular or orthodox more to to take away the jab from Colby. But then if he does the front legs out there a little bit more for the single, is it going to be had, did he work so much on single leg defense against Usman that now if he stays Southpaw Colby can get to the hips and go for the doubles? I, all those things that technically I have no idea oh, about, for sure. Right. But as a, as the layman watching it, those are the things that are very interesting for me going into this fight, but Colby does blitz to get in and Edwards is an educated striker and he moves his feet. Well, so I could see one of those blitzes catching a check hook, catching an uppercut because he kind of does a little bit of the duck the head, wing it overhand at times. I I don't know. You know, it sounds crazy because Colby has not fought in a year and a half. And like you said, has not beat somebody who is currently in the UFC since twenty eighteen. Yes. Yes. That's Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah. yeah. So realistically, is he still at that level? Rewatching the Usman fight. Yeah, absolutely. He still is. The most recent Usman fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Leon Edwards is a different animal now.
1: And, and we also saw him grind out Jorge Masfell. I'm not saying Jorge is on the level of Edwards, but it, yeah. we saw him grind him out, which he still has that. And that's that's gonna be mm-hmm. his game plan the whole time. It's gonna be super interesting because Colby Covington having that belt and getting interviewed is gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Wild. It's gonna be insane. And Edwards In- being able to to get a dub after him is gonna be insane. This is
0: This is fun. This one, is, and it's of such consequence, in my eyes, obviously, the belt, all of those things. But from a public perception standpoint, it's going to be a month before the next UFC card. Mm -hmm. So whoever gets the mic on that after winning this belt, whether it's and new or and still, whichever way it is, that person gets to leave the final impression. Yep. And if that's Colby, like nothing against Leon. I like Leon. Humble dude. Love it. Not one of these guys where, like, oh, I can't wait to hear what he says on the mic. First, not his personality. Can you imagine if Colby is the last one to hold the mic for 2023 and we're stewing on whatever he says for the next month before there's more UFC stuff to talk about? Not that we won't have shows for that whole month because we definitely will. We got you. But like that, that's an opportunity. To I mean, leave like a legendary post oh, yeah. fight. Oh
1: yeah, especially with you know him backing Trump, and stuff. it's going to be Colby winning is going to be huge. Huge. Oh, you
0: you know if he wins, it's Colby Trump twenty twenty That's going to be what he's putting out there. I, if he doesn't, he's insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it this is, is going a, to this be. Is fun. A, this I got myself pay-per-view. hyped up for this card. Yes, this is a pay per view that. <laughs> Listen, y'all, if you're listening to this, you're watching fights, don't miss this one. Yeah, there's going to be one. And then uh, to just wrap up the show, we have our announcements. Uh, talked about it earlier. Jan Blahovich out of his rematch with Rakic at UFC 297. Uh, he got injured. They have not announced a replacement to fight Rakic yet. Uh, then in February, that fight night card that is headlined by uh, Roman Delize and Nasruddin Imovov, That's February 3rd. We have a top 15 lightweight matchup, Moicano versus Drew Dober. So good on Drew Dober. He's getting his opportunity to fight up. I know it's been uh it'll have been like a year and three months since the last time that Moicano had fought by that time, but that that's a fun one. You know, all of a sudden. Dober working his way up. If he can get that win, if Moicano gets that win, you know Drew Dober has has looked good lately. So that is a very very good win for Moicano if he can get that. Uh, so mm, that's one I'm looking forward to. The next week, uh, fight night card on February 10th, a top 15 featherweight matchup. We have Dan Ige uh, taking on Larone Murphy. So this is Lerone Murphy's chance. Yep. To to get a a name you know, for for him to to add to the mantle and make his push uh, to be you know top ten caliber at a very stacked featherweight division. We also have uh, UFC 299 March 9th. Uh, they announced Caitlin Chukagian, number four at women's flyweight against Macy Barber, number seven at women's flyweight. We all know what Chukagian is. We're not always sure what Macy Barber yep. is. And so if Violent Macy, the one we saw last time, if that one shows up against Caitlin Chukagian, guess what? That's a top five name that she would then have. Now you're right behind Aaron Blanchfield as the next young up-and-comer to to have their name in there for a title shot.
1: And we need to start seeing – well, maybe y'all don't. I want to start seeing some fights of consequences in the women's flight weight. I just do,
0: right? Mm -hmm. So, like, this is huge. Huge. Yes, huge. And then from <laughs> women's flyweight to men's flyweight, uh, the first or one of the first fights announced for the Saudi Arabia card on March 2nd, uh, and we alluded to it earlier, Mohammed Mokayev, the number seven ranked flyweight, taking on Alex Perez, the number seven ranked flyweight. Now, Alex Perez, we all know, has had a an abundance of fights canceled um yep. unfortunately he's one of those guys that's just a little snake bitten and mokaev when tatsuro tyra called him out and once again this is a fight that i don't want to see for a couple of years but when tatsuro tyra called him out mokaev posted hey perez is known to not make it so if he doesn't make it i'm not like these other top 15 guys you, you can have the fight mmm yeah okay so okay. interesting okay yeah <laughs> okay yeah so interesting and then we don't like to get into rumors but one that got me tingling a, a little bit uh it's rumored for either ufc 298 or 299 so either february or march jack Della Maddalena, gilbert burns please make it happen
1: i for some reason gilbert when you told me about this and you're like dude did you hear that announcement sometimes gilbert burns just doesn't pop in my head please make this fight happen Please yes. make this one happen.
0: This is huge for Jack Delamada, Lena. Woo. Oh, absolutely Woo. huge because Burns still has the name. Now, granted, Burns' his last two wins are Masvidal and Magny. Yep, right because he had that loss to Balow. So that's we don't know what if Burns is still what we have come to know Burns as. But you got a young killer yep. and Jack Della that'll be a fun one if that fight does come to fruition really really looking forward to oh it. yeah anything else on your end no sir all right as always appreciate y'all for listening love and respect
1: later